success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to this invincible one today. Bridget Owens is a writer, artist, creator, podcaster, and community organizer. Growing up the child of an evangelical minister, her spirit path has taken her through Catholicism to neo-paganism. For the past decade, she has studied alchemy and human history in a quest to understand the roots of human spirituality. Her professional journey began with a bachelor's degree in architect and evolved through online and brick and mortar entrepreneurship corporate jobs from frontline to management, eventually getting an MBA in organizational leadership, and most recently leading her into the online coaching space, all while navigating life as a queer woman in the Bible Belt. Her passion is helping others understand the importance of authenticity and resilience and to guide others through the process of discovering themselves and taking charge of their own evolutionary journeys. Oh my gosh, Bridget Owens, welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me today. I am super excited to be here. <laughs> I am so excited to do this. Oh, this is so fun. This is so fun. And it's just been such a joy to get to know you and uh, just hear your story. And I am so ready to share it with our listeners and the world today. You are doing amazing things. So let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? So I my answer always to what makes me who I am, what makes me invincible is authenticity. And my life, I, I can see at this point, has been a journey of figuring out who I am. And I, I kind of did it by <laughs> trial and error. And it turns out, like, I, I have learned in over the last decade or so that there's actually a name for this, that this is called shadow work is what I've been doing. And unearthing I know we throw around words like the real me but unearthing my my authentic identity um which is the only one that's going to be successful at, at whatever goals I I set myself to um it, it's been a it's been a journey of learning that if I'm trying to be somebody else then what I want isn't going to to come to pass so isn't that the truth 
So let's go here. Like, oh my gosh, the preacher's daughter, <laughs> uh, right? Like what a way to start out. Talk about like failed expectations, right? Like you can never live up to that almost perfectionism that is expected of you growing up, you know, in organized religion. Uh, you know, what was that like? Absolutely. And, and, and it was less about, for me, it was less about perfectionism. It was more about the fact that like you grow up knowing, I knew that there were things that just weren't acceptable, that, that weren't going to be okay um, for me to be. And not even in terms of, you know, I was always encouraged to set my goals high and I could be anything I wanted and I should go to college and I should get a degree and I should professionally be whatever, whatever I wanted. I could, you know, pursue whatever hobbies I wanted, but as an individual, like my identity, there were things that were not going to be okay. And that sets up a, a, a life where, you know, what, what if that is your authentic self? Like it, I am that like, so find, you know, a, the whole life of like knowing that I'm not knowing that my parents are not going to accept me for who I am and trying to kind of do this dance of, if I, if I break it to them easy, if I'm, if I'm, you know, the good kind of, if I'm not in their face about it, if I'm, if I'm really kind of gentle with them, that they'll come around, that they'll understand that they'll change their mind. And so it was, it was a lot of me kind of putting on layers and hoping that at some point they would be comfortable enough that I could just start kind of taking the layers off one by one. Uh, that didn't happen, <laughs> but, but the, what I learned along the way is that a all of those layers it, it doesn't just happen to those of us who grew up who grow up in in you know evangelical households as 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 gay people. It's every single person in the world does that. We all have all of these little layers, all of these things that are parts of us that we don't want that we don't think people are going to find acceptable, but we don't know how to not be that because that's who we are and and that's, that's shadow work. It comes from, for those who are not familiar with shadow work. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're going to jump into that as well. Yeah. So, but I just think it's so interesting, like this journey. So you, you know, you were uh, working, you got a degree in architect or in architecture and you don't do that today. Right. And I think it's right. such so cool to point this out. Like, you know, sometimes it, the expectations of us, right. Keep us wandering away, you know, and in, in that direction when it's not really where we want to be. And then we get there and we realize we just worked really hard to get somewhere. We didn't really want to be right. Yes. And yes. so like, that's so hard. And then brick and mortar, like, Oh my gosh. Right. Um, so you've yeah, done a I lot of things. I have, I have chased, <laughs> I have, this whole thing has been me kind of chasing, chasing things yeah. and that constant feeling of like, well, the next thing, when I accomplish this thing, then I'll be happy and I'll have the life that I want and I'll be able to do the things that I want. And, and it was really driven by this kind of vision in my head of what I thought my life, the life that would make me happy, what I thought that would look like. And I thought it would look like you know, I'd have a nice place to live and, uh, you know, a, a group of friends who, you know, really liked me and admired me and they would come over and we could have dinner parties and I'd have this like this lifestyle. And for some reason, I had it in my head that like other things had to come first, that that lifestyle belonged to people who had a certain amount of money and a certain amount of, you know, 
fame and a certain amount of accomplishment and success. And so I chased all the other stuff mm. and I made what I thought were really practical decisions. Um, and you mentioned like, I don't do architecture anymore. I decided I wanted to be an architect when I was 13. And my logic was, and I'm like, the logic is totally sound because at the time I knew I was, I mean, art is my passion. Creativity is my passion, but I, I was like, Everybody has told me my whole short life that artists don't make money till they're dead. So I can't be an artist, but I could design things. And I don't want to work like I'm good at math and science, but I don't want to be a mathematician or a scientist or a teacher. I don't want to just be in an office all day. So if I'm an architect, I get to do both. It's math and it's art. And I get to go out to biz, you know, building sites and like it's the perfect sort of combo job. And I absolutely loved architecture school would do that again if I had the choice. <laughs> like if I could go back and redo my life, I would still go to architecture school. Um, that was great. And then I got out into the job and went, I am not designing anything. And I am sitting in an office all day. <laughs> and, and during college, that was kind of my first phase, I think of, of unintentional shadow work, but me kind of getting out from under family and, and, and all of that and being out on my own and making my own decisions and not having to worry about getting into college. So kind of spreading my wings a bit and realizing that like, I mean, the person I was when I graduated, wasn't the person I was at 18 when I started college and the person I was when I graduated wanted more out of life. And so after three years, yeah, I was like, I was unhappy. I got fired and, <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, well that's, I don't want to go back to that. And that was as sound and logical as it seemed in the moment. That wasn't, that wasn't the path I needed to be on. Cause that was me trying to, I guess, make the, make the most of, of what I saw as the bad situation in the world. Like I can't do what I want. So I'll do the next best thing. Yes. Oh, and getting fired is always the, the best gift in the world, right? That you don't realize <laughs> in the moment, but when you look back, you're like, oh, if they didn't fire me, I'd probably still be there, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. It's like, sometimes we need to be fired, especially if we're not willing to fire ourselves because that sets us up for the next thing. And I love, you said so many things, but the one thing that I keep coming back to is the evolution you were evolving, right? Like at 13, you want to be an architect and then you went to college and you did that. And then you're like, oh no, this isn't what I want to do, right? And so, and you continued to evolve to today. Now look at you, you yeah. know, doing what you love, living a life of authenticity, you know, hats off to you, honestly, because people go to their grave and they don't get to live their life for who they really are, for what they stand for, for what makes them happy. And so I just want to send you all the kudos of, you know, you didn't give up. You kept on pursuing. You got a master's degree for God's sakes. You know, <laughs> it's like you kept on pursuing and looking for that thing, even though you knew what it was, you were still out there looking for something that was acceptable, but look at you now. I just, and, yeah. And that's, it's what I, I love what I do now, but I also know that like, well, cause a, I want that for other people. Like I want, I want, especially other women to, to take those. Cause I will be completely honest. A lot of people in my life all through this have thought I was absolutely crazy. And 
but I want that for people. I want, I want them to have the courage to be, to be crazy crazy. (laughs) and to do the crazy thing. Cause it's how you get to where you want to be. And I also know that like, I have no plan for the rest of my, like, I don't know where it's taking me. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five years or 10 years. And it's probably not anything I could imagine right now. But as long as I follow who I am and not this sort of artificial, like if I do A, then I will get B because this is how society, this is what society will give me if I do this stuff. As long as I stay out of that kind of trap, that inauthenticity trap, then then I'm fine. I love it. And you know, for me, like I want to work with people that are authentic because I can trust them because I see what I'm getting, right? I know that yeah. I can have a conversation with someone and and I know what the truth is. And so I for me, I love that I know you as this authentic <laughs> self and not that other one who was chasing that life that someone else had, you know, planned for them because uh it it feels good to me as well. So I'm just so excited to talk more about um your shadow work, you know, shadow work is like been around forever before it had a name, right? It was happening right. and everyone was like, not sure what it was, but it was this weird kind of woo thing. Um, and now here we are and now it has a name and now people practice it and people teach it and people live in that state. And so I love that. And I'm so excited to jump in. So let's go there and then let's okay. jump right into shadow work. So shadow work for those who aren't who aren't familiar is it was a, a term coined by Carl Jung, who is a, was um, a psychologist. And the idea in a nutshell is that all of us have parts of ourselves that are kind of unexamined and unacknowledged and hidden for a myriad reasons. And essentially as, as we go through life, it's all that stuff that the world, whatever our world is, tells us or that we interpret the signs as meaning that's not acceptable for me to be, or people shouldn't see that. Or if I am this part of myself, if people know about this part, then there are going to be negative repercussions. So I liken it kind of to sort of hiding, like as those of us in the LGBT community community know, it's being in the closet, but it's being in the closet about who you are. So I think a lot of people think of their shadow as the bad part of themselves, like the negative things, but it's not that it's more like the dark side of the moon. It's just the stuff that we don't want to drag out into the light for whatever reason. The thing is that it doesn't go away. We can shove it back into the darkness all we want (laughs) and it just festers back there. We still drag it with us all the time. And the way it kind of comes for most people, the way it, bubbles up. I think a lot of people also think like, oh, well, it's, it's dealing with trauma and it's dealing with like, I need to go to therapy to deal with this stuff. But it's also just the stuff of kind of inconsistencies in our behavior. So like, if I say that I'm one way, and like, if I say I, generosity is a big deal to me, I think everybody needs to be very generous. But when it comes time for me to leave a tip or to donate to something, I can't do it. It's because there's something in my shadow that's that's overriding what my conscious brain tells me that I want to be like, I'm trying to be generous, but my real self is not. And that's kind of the core of it is that all of that shadow is the real you. It's the stuff that we do and then go, I don't know why I did that. That's not me, but it is. 
So the only way that we deal with it is to do the shadow work, is to dig all that stuff out of the closet and throw it out into the light and examine it and figure out where it came from. And in some cases, like, decide that it's a bad thing that we haven't been embodying that, that, that those are actually the valuable parts of ourselves and we've been hiding them for the wrong reasons, that, you know, <laughs> we have to actually, in, you know, integrate and, and express those things. And sometimes we have to integrate them so that we can evolve away from it and actually deal with the fact that, yeah, we are things that we don't like. So it's, it's just getting into that, that stuff that makes us authentic and peeling away the layers of all the stuff that we pretend to be so that people don't see the real us. That's crazy. So let me ask you this, as you talked about this um, idea of generosity, uh, so what is it when you, you did shadow work around that? So can that's, I, I would say that's not the biggest one, but yeah, I have, <laughs> I have okay, a little bit so, of an issue with that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm interested to know, and you can use a different example if yeah. you want, but I'm interested to know like, okay, so, so which one are, is really your authentic self? Was it the one where you weren't generous or the one where you wanted to be generous? And then how did you figure that out? And, and who are you now? Are you that? Yeah, that's the question. So so the one one big thing I think everybody needs to remember about shadow work and their shadow selves and authenticity is that authenticity is momentary. It is ever changing. So who who I was authentically yesterday and who I am authentically today is slightly different people. <laughs> so ultimately there that part of me that's like, no, don't part with money is the authentic part of myself. The desire to be different is also authentic. And really, for me, it came from kind of getting into this. I didn't grow up in a family with a lot of money. And I also sort of grew up, there were formative experiences for me that kind of drilled home this idea that nobody else is going to think of me. Like if I need help, I don't have somebody who's going to come and save me. I have to save myself. So if I give away what I have, am I left with nothing? And, and it's those deeper ideas that, that sometimes we don't even realize our programs running in our, in our brain. But when I look and go, well, I, I, I say that it's important for people to give to things, but can't write the check. Like I can't, I can't do it. And if I can't do it, so what, what program's running the show instead of the one that I want to be running the show? And ultimately, it's not that one is bad and one is good, but looking at and going, okay, there are, there are reasons why I have a hard time parting with this money. So, do you know, there's trauma that I need to deal with. And then thinking about, you know, sitting down and, and doing some thinking about, like, well, where does my, like, this generosity is really important. Is it? Is it me trying to look good? Is it all generosity? Am I, am I happy when people are giving to causes I don't like? Like kind of sorting through all that stuff and figuring out where, where is it? What does feel right for me? My understanding of the world right now, once I work through all that, where does that leave me? What, is that, what does that look like? And, and going like the spirit of generosity is very good. And it doesn't mean that it has to be performative. People don't have to see me give to things. I'm still generous if I, if I do it in private and it's not only one way and it's, you know, it looks like generously tipping at restaurants and whatever, like kind of working out that all of the pieces, like where, where are all these programs coming from? 
I love that. And you know, you said something that I, I had to write down. Well, two things. One is um, authenticity is ever changing. Yeah. And I, you know, I had a conversation on the podcast. Uh, it's actually just went out and, um, and we talked about that, about there never be this one moment, this one same moment again, right? You and I could have a conversation tomorrow. It may be di totally different than the conversation that we're having today. Um, there's just never the same exact moment. So I love that you, you know, call that out as it being ever changing because we have this expectation that this is who we are. This is how sh we should be. And then the second thing you said was what program is running the show? OMG, drop the mic. I think every single day we need to ask ourselves that question. Like what Absolutely. program is running this show today? Because that is that could never be more true is is this my my evolved self today who believes and thinks and feels this way or is it that little girl like you talk about as the figuring out where does that you know part of you that's afraid or not willing to give that money let it go you know is it that traumatized little girl like who's running the program today yeah. oh Bridget, oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> so I just want to dig so deep into here. And I know we can't, but I just want to encourage our listeners to reach out to you because this is this is where a lot of the magic, I think, lies in discovering, yeah. you know, why you do what you do, how why you think like you think, and and um how to really change that. So let's tell me some more about this shadow work. Yeah, and the other thing, so the other really important key, other than it being really momentary, is that I guess the mistake that I see a lot of people make is that when you talk about my true self, like my real self, my my ideal self, that it's that it's an ideal. It's this like someday I will be it and someday I'll be this better part of better version of me that that's that's the ultimate goal. And evolution doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, evolution is is life just is what it is. And we just are who we are moment to moment. And we aren't always, our authentic self isn't always somebody we like a whole lot. And that's a hard thing for people to confront. And it was a hard thing for me to confront along the way. So the, the key is that <laughs> whether we like ourselves or not, we do still have to love ourselves. We still have to acknowledge that this is, we are who we are for a reason. Our lives have made us who we are and we can hate who we are now. We can hate who we have been, but that was still us. And if we don't kind of accept that, if we don't in our own, in our own way, if we don't accept that these are the things that we have gone through in life and, and that's just the way that it was, it can't be different. We can't change who we were. We can't change who we are. We can change who we're going to be, but evolution isn't something with a, with a purpose, like if you set a goal for like, I'm going to be X, Y, and Z, I'm going to be this kind of person. I'm going to be, um, you know, super charismatic and I'm going to learn how to, to be like this other person. And if I think a lot of people like point to other people and go, Oh, she's, she's really authentic. I want to be like her. That's not how that works because <laughs> you aren't her. So when we set a goal and go, this is the person I'm going to be, and I'm going to do whatever I need to, you know, to do, to get there, to be that person. That's not evolution, that's design. And 
I've never seen it work real well <laughs> if it takes us away from who we authentically are, because you, you kind of can't escape that. You can't just sort of willpower your way into being another person. So the evolution is always going to happen from like your life demands certain things of you, the things that you hate about yourself, the things that you shove into the shadow, those arise out of kind of a disconnect between what you feel pressured to be and who you are. And you can either adapt in ways that allow you to thrive, or you can shove all that stuff into the shadow and just keep building the shadow self and putting up the layers. And so evolution is a response to your life and it's unpredictable. And we don't know where we're going to, we don't know who we're growing into, but as long as we are embracing ourselves and kind of focusing on what it takes to thrive and what it takes for us to be realized, healthy, emotionally fulfilled people, then, then we're going to like whoever we turn into. Then that's, then that's cool. <laughs> but it's the world that kind of determines it's our, it's our life life situation that determines who we become. The cool thing is that while we can't go, it doesn't work very well to go, this is the person I want to be. I'm just going to turn myself into her. We can go, if I set my life up this way, it supports a certain kind of person. Like if, if I, if I want to be more whatever, then I, if I move in circles that encourage me to do that and support me in that growth, then I'm going to kind of grow into that. I'm going to adapt in those ways and that's evolution. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like growing a plant. If you put it in a, in, in, if you trim your bonsai tree and whatever, like that's design, but if you give a plant the right soil or the right, whatever, put it in the right place, give it the right light. It's going to, you can control, you still control a bit how it grows. You can kind of have intentions for it. Um, but you just don't determine exactly what it's going to look like at the end. I love that. So I take that back. You are using your architectural degree by talking about the design yes. here, right? <laughs> I'm like, she yes. just dropped me a design. She is using that degree. So I love it. And so, so basically I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. So of course you can't change the past, but in shadow work, you can go back and see what it is that's causing you to act the way you're acting in the present. And can you use shadow work to create that next step, that next greatest future? Or is it all about just healing that past and understanding it and then taking that with you into that next place that gives you a shot of having a better future? Like, which yeah, one is work it? Is the part where you kind of, you, you figure out who you are. It's the, it's the uncovering of authenticity and, and that integration of those parts that you've denied and doing all of that. And I think from that point then, I, in my book, I kind of go through phases. So shadow works the first phase of you kind of figuring out who you are and finding your authenticity. Um, but even when we know it's kind of uh, the example of coming out is actually a really good model for this. So yeah. that there's that point where like, I knew I was, I knew I was not straight. Nobody else had to know I was dealing with that. So it was me figuring out my authentic self. Then there's the point of, you know, but that's, that's just the shadow work part. Then there's the embodiment part of where you start to sort of come out to people and start to like, this is kind of feeling out that process of how do I live as my authentic self rather than living as the, the person that I've pretended to be and kind of coming into that. I, I think of it as sort of coming into that body, like um, 
because it, it's sort of a metamorphosis in a way, like you're, you're sort of growing into your wings or whatever. Um, and then the evolution happens after that. Like once you've kind of figured out, like, this is, this is my authentic self. This is how I live as my authentic self. So what comes next as challenges come my way, how do I respond as, as my authentic self rather than the self that I was used to being and figuring like that process of going out into the future <laughs> um, as your authentic self in a mindful way is the evolution part. And it sounds, it seems like, you know, doing the shadow work is going to open up the doors for you to have the next best version of your most authentic self. So Absolutely. as relating into evolving into that, that future, right. Where you, you can't just be what you say you're going to be. Uh, but, but that gives you uh, a better chance of walking into that as the best version of yourself. I love that. And, it, you know, I just started recently over the past few years, like really being interested in knowing like why I think the way I do what, why I have certain hangups. And, and it's so weird because the more I talk to people and even guests on the podcast and read books, like I can trace things back to like a moment that happened to me. And it's like, whoa, like then, then I'm triggered. So I think I could use shadow work too. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to read your book. And that's what I want to tell our listeners right now is that they want to click the link while they're listening to this episode and order that book. By Bridget Owens, and it is called Deep Self Magic, a step-by-step -step roadmap to spiritual authenticity, which even just saying that out loud feels so good, right? It feels like freedom. <laughs> I want to I want to hang my freedom flag right now because um, why wouldn't you want to live that way? Right. Right. Like, and there's a and I and I just kind of want to as a side note to that, um, that the book is is very much in spiritual terms, but um, as a, as a student of alchemy, spirituality for me is, is all of life that spirit isn't, people think of spirit as, you know, sort of divine or uh, did that part of us that, you know, persists after we die, but spirit for me in alchemical terms is everything from like the media that we consume, the activities that we do, our thoughts and our emotions and, and our relationships. And it's any exchange of energy between us and anything else. So spirituality is your whole life. <laughs> that, is, that is everything. Um, all the things that you think and feel and do and relate to. So, um, so it's really a, a total authenticity, but it, it, the book does sort of speak in, <laughs> in spiritual terms and more, more traditionally spiritual terms. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, my website is bridgetowens.com. So all of, all of the things that I am up to are, are there. Awesome. Oh, this has been so fun. Well, you know, Bridget on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners, we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs. We are going to spotlight them. We're going to share their expert zone of genius, which we did so well. Thank you so much for sharing. I have a better understanding of shadow work and I know our listeners will too, uh, from listening to this, but you know, we're all about authenticity here too. And so while they see you now and they see where you are and they see your confidence and, and being authentic and living your best life, they think like, oh, she's so lucky, right? <laughs> they look at this girl, she's writing a book, she's do, living her life, you know, she's not hiding anything. Uh, but, you know, 
people want to live the, the life you live and have the success you have, but they don't want to have to overcome the obstacles that you've had to overcome. Yeah. Nobody wants your journey. Everybody wants your success. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it just doesn't work that way. So we also promise our listeners that we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to share the journey so that they can see there's nothing wrong with them. Successful people overcome the most obstacles, uh, but they don't Absolutely. see that because we don't talk about that, right? Because that's not what creates success. So we're going to do it right now. We're going to help these people see there's nothing wrong with them. We all have to overcome challenges and we we can be and do and have anything we want. So let's get started. Are you ready? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So first we're going to start with a story about the good. So tell us about the good or the great part of your journey. So the best part of my journey has been like, I think the past like four, four years or so. Um, I at the end of 2017, left um, a job I'd been in for 11 years and went off on my own, decided that there was more to life than I was working at that point, um, managing a convenience store. And I was like, you know, I'm spending a lot of time worrying about how many candy bars I'm selling. And there's so much more to life right? <laughs> that, that I want. There was so much that I wanted to do. And I wanted to write books and I wanted to run for office. And I wanted to, you know, give my time to, to various activities and causes. And I wanted to take belly dancing classes and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I'm putting all of it off until what I retire, which I may never get to do. And I'm like, when I retire, I won't have the energy for all of this. All the thoughts that I have that are relevant are relevant now. So I did what I mentioned that, you know, people in my life have thought I was absolutely crazy. And I walked out of that job and went on my own and ended up, it's kind of been this um, chain of events that is, you know, I was following my authentic self and I kind of just tripped and fell into a job that I really love. And I coach entrepreneurs as part of someone else's coaching team. And, but I get to work with heart-centered, passion-driven entrepreneurs, and I get to be who I am. I don't have to show up in any way that isn't authentic to me. Um, and, and <laughs> in fact, I, I yesterday had a conversation with my boss where we like sort of aired out like, these are things that I know we don't agree on and we should sit down and kind of just sort of clear the air and, and make sure that we're like, everything's okay. And in a way that like, I'm, I can be completely honest about what I feel feel and think and experience and who I am. And I don't have to do what I did for decades in corporate jobs of, of, and even in entrepreneurship of going, people aren't going to be okay with me being me. And I'm, I have to like put on the front and, and I don't have to do that anymore. So, um, and I, I, <laughs> all of the things that I wanted, and here's the sort of irony is that all of, I guess not irony, that's how this works the magic. Um, all of the things that I wanted back in the day when I was really struggling, when I got fired from my first job and I was like, what I really want is to be in control of my own career, to work from home, to do the things that I love, to have that time, to have a, to have a nice place to live and friends who come over for dinner parties and like all of this stuff. And I stopped pushing so hard to get it. And then I got it. 
That is so awesome. So tell me real quick, what did that feel like? Like, you know, as you're saying that, like, that's what you started with today. That's what you wanted in your life. And then you journeyed to here. And now you're looking back saying, I finally have all that. That's what I wanted. What did that, when you first realized like, wow, I literally created exactly what I wanted. What does that feel like? Can you put a word to it or a sentence or? It was um, a pleasant, a pleasant surprise because it, what actually happens is that I'm one of those people that's prone to getting very down into the details and it almost passed me by. Like I actually had to kind of lift my head up one day and go, I, I've been like, I have what I always want. Like this was the life I was trying to build. And I kept like, if I have to be mindful now about like, I sit back sometimes and just kind of look at my life and go, this is good. I can just enjoy this. I don't have to always be head down the next thing. Like I, I have these meetings with my publisher and I have all this stuff and I have to focus on this. Like there has to be time to kind of look around and go, Oh man, I've been, I've been working for myself for like three years now. When did that happen? <laughs> it's the wow um, factor, right? It's like you sit there and you look around and you're like, wow, everything I ever wanted. I love and that. Also, the, the big thing early, early on in the shadow work thing was me find, figuring out that like all of those things, like that, the way I described my life, like I'd have this great place to live and people who would come over and I'd have this circle of friends. And it was also a realization at some point where I was like, I don't have to jump through extra hoops to get that. I could just go make friends and fix up where I live. Like, and then I'd have that. I don't have to make a whole bunch of other people happy and tell, expect them to tell me that I'm worthy of it before I can have it. I can just go do that. And maybe that's the point of life. Like that's why am I, why am I driving myself through all this other stuff? I can just do that. So isn't that true? Oh my gosh. And you are worthy, right? And everyone oh here listening is worthy despite what anyone says or tells them, I think that's a big thing for women as well is that, you know, people speak the, these lies into their, into their spirit and then they carry them with them like luggage uh, for a really long time. And I think that, you know, the point here is it doesn't matter. You can't do anything to make yourself not worthy. Um, right. Yeah. Like there's just nothing you can do. And I love how you just said what you said about it. Like you looked around and you were like, wow, it's all here. Is that <laughs> it's like, whatever is supposed to be yours is going to be yours. Like we're not that powerful enough to like make it go away or, or keep it from coming, whatever. I really believe that it will eventually make its way. I believe we could delay it. Yeah. Right. Like, and you, you showed that journey for yourself. I believe we can delay it, but I don't believe we can ever stop it. I think that, um, what is meant for you is going to be for you. And, yeah. um, and you just have to find it. It's there. Like it, I hear people say that all the time. Time and I'm people listening are probably thinking the same thing, right? It's there. It's just wanting to connect with you and you got to just connect with it and, and put yourself in the right place. It sounds crazy, but I think that all of us, like, I think that's the point of authenticity that whoever we sort of conduct ourselves as in the world, that's what we're going to kind of get back. And there is a certain extent to which like your authentic self is always going to kind of be pushing to get out and is always going to 
be the thing that that draws stuff to you. But if that authentic self is just full of like unexamined shadow stuff, then a lot of the stuff that's coming your way, you don't realize that's what you're asking for. You're, you don't realize that's what you're trying to draw in because you're denying that all of that is part of you, but that's what's, you're getting what you're, you're manifesting who you are. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah. Yes. But, and wouldn't you agree? You've got to have the courage that that three seconds of courage to step into that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you were faced with that at once at some point you were like, oh, I've had enough of this. Right. And I'm going to, but that took a lot of courage. And I, I want to encourage people listening that it is going to take the courage. You're not just going to show up and be like, I'm going to live this life authentic because I said I was like, you know, it, it's yeah. not easy but man, is it worth it? I think about this, you, right? Realizing like, wow, look at, look at this, everything I ever wanted. So you are still an architect. You architect that <laughs> you did, you did that. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, this was so fun, girl, but guess what? We got to talk about the bad. Yeah. So we're not going to tell about the ugly yet. We got to ease them into this, but let's tell a story about the bad part of the journey. So I think the the worst part of the journey was right after, cause I, I really came out of college with a great deal of confidence that, that I was on a, a path that I should be on. And, and I did some things that were absolutely authentic in that. It, I, I have a whole lifetime history of doing things that seemed totally crazy, but made sense to me. So like right out, out of high school, I was like, I know where I want to live. I know where I want to work. I'm going to move to Chicago. I know zero people there. I have nothing. I have just enough money to get an apartment and move there. And that is it. I don't even have a job yet, but I'm going to go do that. <laughs> and, and it was great until it wasn't. And I came out of that when I got fired, I had this moment of like, oh, I should get my resume back together and I need to find a job. And I don't know how I'm going to explain that I got fired and all this stuff. And then I was like, what am I doing? That's not what I want to do with my life. I want to be an artist. So I'm going to be an artist. And that means I just have to get a job. And I became a bartender. I ended up moving back with my parents. It was not a happy time. Um, and I was hiding from a lot of stuff. And I was hiding from as much as I wanted to do art, as much as I loved doing art, I didn't believe that I was going to be accepted and that people were going to, like, I didn't want to have to show up to a gallery and try to sell my stuff. So somewhere in the line, like, I, I grasped at anything that would let me do it by myself. And selling online and all sorts of, there was a time when eBay was a great place to sell art. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And anything that would keep me from having to risk rejection by other people. And I ended up opening my own brick and mortar art gallery and gift shop. And... I did it for all the wrong reasons and I did it on very little money, but I did it with all the best. I thought all the best intentions and it quickly just turned into like, I was, I was doing it so that I could be the person in control of whether my art was on the wall, but I didn't know anything about marketing a, a, a gallery. I, and I was too scared to run in those circles. Like to actually network with other gallery owners and to actually network with artists and to actually put myself out there. So every single thing that I knew needed to be done to make this successful, I couldn't do. And I was paralyzed about it. And I was looking for ways to get out of it and do it some other way. And none of which worked. 
and I was hemorrhaging money and I had to have get my parents involved in the shop because they were investing. And so I had to get a second job and they were running the shop part-time, which meant that then I felt really, you know, creatively stifled and censored about what I could put on the walls and how I marketed myself. And that was at the point where like I was getting into neo-paganism and I was running around with, you know, the witchy crowd and, you know, I couldn't be public about that. I had to sort of, everything was kind of in the closet and underground and cleaned up. And I, I hated it. And after three years, I actually got to where I hated art. I didn't want to make it anymore. I was like my own sweatshop. And all I could think is that like, I, I could hang on, I could maybe make it profitable, but I hated the thought of doing it. Like I just couldn't, I was miserable. My wife was miserable. <laughs> Everybody was miserable. There was no money. And, and I, I mean, that was just a, a total failure. And I think in the end, it was literally me just sitting down going, I, I already, like, I could maybe turn this around financially, but at what cost? Like how, what would I have left at the end? And do I even have it in me to do it? Wow. And that, that's, that is such an interesting thing because again, you weren't really doing what you wanted to do. You thought you did, right? Uh, you thought yeah. you were, but you weren't. And I mean, I, it's almost like you want to say when there's that much resistance, you should just know that this is not the right thing, right? And then run as fast as you can, but it takes us all so much longer to figure all that out. And I do believe that we have to go through the process, right? Did yeah. How much have you learned? You know, how much more of a better businesswoman are you today because of that? Right. So even so when it's hard and it's ugly and it's messy and it doesn't feel good, we always walk out of that fire with gold nuggets that are going to take us to the next place and we're going to be better for it. And, and we can look back and be grateful Absolutely. It's like, um, forget the experience, but remember the lessons, right? Oh, I love that. All right. Well, we're, we're already halfway in. So let's take them <laughs> the rest of the way. Let's tell them about the ugly. Um, so the ugly is shadow work. Shadow work's not pretty. Shadow work's not a fun thing to do. And what happened is I was running that shop towards the end. And I, it's a weird story that what got me started, but there was one kind of little quick chain of events that put an idea in my head that sort of paralleled, like I realized that I was going through, I was doing some of the same self-destructive things to myself that addicts do. And I was self-medicating with achievement and, and, and other things. <laughs> and as I started to kind of pick at that idea, it just turned into this whole like, just avalanche of me putting together experiences from my childhood and things that had been said to me and things that had happened with all of these things that these fears that were holding me back. And it was a really like, <laughs> there was a couple of months where my parents were actually worried that I needed to like psychiatric care, like, and I was like, no, no, it's fine. I'm just listening to a lot of nine inch nails and crying a lot. It's fine. <laughs> like, this is all good. I'm doing this on purpose. This is all very meaningful, but it was just like me taking a sledgehammer to, to just uncover like every closet I'd shoved my shadow into just dragging it all out. 
and it was messy and it was awful. And, but it was me kind of looking back and going like, Oh, that one time in fifth grade, when that, that thing happened with the bully. And that is why I can't go next door and talk to this person because I, I see that they are like, I feel like they're better than me for reasons that don't make sense. And it was this whole, like my whole life's been trauma. And, (laughs) and I ended up just going like, I need time. I need space. I need to get I need to kind of stop pushing myself to, to do stuff. I need, I need to step back. And I just got a job working overnights at a community <laughs> store. Like not a career, not a whatever. I just need to just breathe. And, and I kind of wandered. I just wandered for quite a few years and didn't want to pick up my art again. Didn't want to like... <laughs> kind of paralyzed because it was like I I did this thing and I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed like if I look back at my history everything has been failure everything I've tried I've gotten fired from or my shop has gone bankrupt or like everything that I've tried to do I haven't been able to and like now I'm afraid to do anything else like I just need to work a job I just need a punch clock and that's it and and I think that was the ugliest part. Like it's, it sounds so simple, but like, it's just tearing your life down. I, like I did it. I always tell people don't do your shadow work all in one go. Cause I did that. And that was not good. <laughs> that was destructive and it came out fine in the end, but that was, everybody was a little like, what is, what is going on here? Are you okay? Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of good trauma. It was the good kind of trauma. Um, and in the end, I kind of, I I reached a point finally where I was like, I don't think there's anything else to tear into. I think I've, I've dug up everything I can dig up and now I just have all this rubble and now this life is mine to put back together. And And look what you did. I, (laughs) I got a therapist and I kind of just trusted that, like, if I go step by step, in a mindful way, like I'll end up someplace better. And that overnight job that I took turned into a management career and they paid for my MBA. And like that turned out to be a really great part of the journey, but I had to get there by just going like, Nope, this is it. I, everything has fallen apart. I'm tearing everything else down and just making a complete mess of my life and stepping away. Mm, Well, this has been so amazing. Such a great conversation. I have one last thing I need to ask you and before we go, and that is what makes you invincible? Me, I, my, my authentic spirit is what makes me invincible. Oh my gosh. I couldn't love that anymore. You guys, Bridget Owens, get her book, Deep Self Magic, a step-by-step roadmap to spiritual authenticity. I don't know where you are in your life or your business right now, but if you're face down on the ground, get back up, girl. Get back up. Tell them, Bridget. Yes, absolutely. Get back up or crawl. Just crawl. Crawl, whatever it takes, you guys. You heard it from Bridget herself. You heard her journey. You heard her story. And you're here to celebrate her victory with her today. So get back up. You can do it too. You're worthy. You're amazing. Just get back up. 
Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.